back tonight. We're having a great time. Had a great uh, time this morning. Good crowd and and folks saved. And uh, and yesterday I saw one. We had some folks saved. And so uh, had a lot of special things. And I think in uh, Wednesday when the teenagers went, I had even some more that trusted Christ then. So uh, we've had a really, really Lord's doing something and, and just such a blessing. I want to make sure uh, trying to try to remember this, and you fellas helped me to remember this first time that we're doing this. We're going to start something new, and I told this to some of the people out soul winning. Uh, we're going to, uh, right up here at the front, after everything's done to, tonight, I'll put out uh, some cards and some different things, visit, you know, visitor cards, different things like that. Uh, I want to uh, take those, and if you're, you come look at them, and if there's somebody near your home where you might be able to make that visit during the week, uh, you uh, somewhere during the week, you just stop by there. If it's somebody kind of on your way to work, on your way home from work, on, on the way back and forth to church, that you could make that visit. Um, like we had visitors today, that, that maybe they could get a visit here the first of the week. Uh, then you give me the results of that. My wife and I, on Saturday, we'll go back, or Friday, or sometime we'll go back and make another visit, and hopefully we'll get a letter out to them. Uh, and so there would be three contacts in this week, and so that would be something we want to want to do, but I'll just, I'll have a few of those from this morning, uh, some from last week, and then some that are all the way back from last year uh, that, uh, where they just said, marked originally that they wanted more information about the church, and so I thought it'd be a little bit, we're a little bit behind, but we'll go ahead and give them some more information about the church, so uh, anyway. Um, then also tonight, I want to, uh, after we're all done, uh, we're going to, hopefully it'll work, I've got the computer set up, everything set up. Uh, for those who are visiting, we had a, a fan, fantastic, uh, I started to call it Christmas again, <laughs> Easter program uh, with the young people and last week. And so uh, we've been trying to get that done, and, and now we've got, uh, got it to a DVD. You got it? So we'll just put it in here and play it tonight. Uh, for those that were in the, the nursery, because uh, we went from having, I think we had six kids in the nursery today. Is that what it was? Well, last week we had 20, 20 in the nursery. And um, can you tell me again, Mrs. Smith, how it was? <laughs> uh, my wife and I saw her at the door right after church and she walked by and I said, I understand you had 20 kids in the nursery. I said, how was it? And she smiled and said, it's terrible. <laughs> It was terrible. <laughs> God bless you. So some of them didn't get to see it because they ended up trying to recruit everybody they could to get in the nursery and try to take care of it. So that was, that was great. Uh, today, of course, we announced this this morning, Virginia Cox joined the church. And so we want to make sure and uh, make her feel really welcome to Calvary. And, uh, and I'm not sure I'll say this right, but we also had... Uh, a young lady, uh, Travisia, whoever, Tra <laughs> what, Travasia, <laughs> well, okay, uh, as they said, I put the uh, wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable, okay, so, um, so, Travasia Robinson, uh, trusted Christ this morning, and then, uh, she's back here tonight, and, and uh, Miss Kelly Wilson trusted Christ this morning, and then she brought her daughter back tonight. So praise the Lord for that, too. Let's hear it for her. That's fantastic. Amen. Thank you. Amen. And uh, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but she, she said uh, to 
Miss Linda this morning that uh, after she trusted Christ that she said, I, I want to get my daughter to bring her because I wanted her to get to hear what I got to hear. So that's, that was fantastic. And it's excited about that. Okay, I was going to try to hurry and, and try to, you know, get to it so we could have the show the program and all that tonight. But uh, uh, as we look at this Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter I told you this morning, and oh, uh, that's the other thing, uh, is at the conclusion of this, all the kids, I want you to get ready. You're going to sing uh, your song that you sang last week that she was playing as the offertory. You're going to sing that for us because it goes really well uh, with my um, uh, sermon tonight. But it says here, I want you to go all the way back, uh, go to verse 21 of Mark chapter 9, verse 21. It says, and he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. You know, as soon as you see that, or I, I did, one of the things that really uh, stuck in my heart at that moment is, is that the Lord cares how long you've been enduring whatever you're going through. He, he really does. He he cares, and, and of course, he already would already know, but he wants, he wants us to know. He wants us to know that he cares what we're, what we're enduring, what we're suffering. And, and primarily, I developed this, this message for because we have so many uh, incredibly good people that are very, very sick. I mean, we really do. Uh, uh, and I, I'm, to get my mind right, Brother Hansen is just, um, just, I think he's come once in the last several weeks just very, very sick, uh, got one kidney, looks like the cancer, they're going to have to take that kidney out. Uh, Brother Felton, of course, uh, just had procedure because of uh, bladder cancer, and then, um, uh, let's see, Brother um, Cummings, Cummings, I started to say Brother, uh, and Brother Cummings, of course, is uh, going Tuesday to have a procedure done, and again, that's cancer of the bladder, is that right, cancer of the bladder, and so... Uh, we, we've just got Brother Hopper, yes, of course, of Brother Hopper, uh, that is just battling, just honestly getting closer and closer to heaven. And so uh, we've got some that are really going through a lot. And so I, that's where I, I developed this. And now it's not just for those who are sick. It's not just for those who are struggling with, with illness uh, because we all... You know, most everybody in here would struggle with something. I mean, we, you know, again, we faced this morning, all last night, and this morning, uh, dealing with the fact that our son-in-law having uh, 40 years old and having a heart attack. Uh, it just, uh, that was a very difficult situation and continues to be as they're at the hospital at this moment. And so there's, there's some things that, uh, that are very important to us, but the simple truth is Jesus cares. He cares, and he cares so much. He looked the very first thing before he does anything. He just looks, I think, with eyes of compassion and says, how long? How long has it been this way? How long have you had to go through this? Now, we read through the passage, so I won't go back through it again, but, of course, it concludes, concludes with such a, a famous and very important uh, verse there, as he said unto them, this kind uh, can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting and and so he's given us a solution. i get a little ahead of myself. He's given us a solution here. But several things to consider in this passage, and I'll have to go very fast. Several things to consider in this passage. Number one is this. It appears that this young man had been this way for quite a while, uh, quite a long time. Uh, because he said from a child, we don't know exactly how old he is, but it says that oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. 
Uh, he, he asked the father, how long is this it came unto him? And so uh, this, is, this is something that has gone on for a long time. And somebody in here, and a lot of us in here, and so, those especially, Mrs. Cummings over here, kind of dealt with these illnesses and things for a long time. It kind of, it's, it's, it's ongoing, and it just goes on. Ms. Lola's back there, and, and dealing with things that go on and on. And, you know, David said, you know, that he fighting daily wearieth me. And so the, the fact is, is this the daily battle when it just seems like, you know, when I was uh, boxing, it was, it was a wonderful thing because you could, you could go in, and you knew if you just make it through the three minutes, you're okay. But you knew, okay, let me get through the three minutes. And back then, it's just novice fighting, so it's three three-minute rounds. And if you could just endure those three three-minute rounds, you're okay. But, you know, in life, that round doesn't end. There's never a bell. Sometimes there's illnesses. Sometimes there's conflicts. And sometimes there's issues that just seem to go on night and day and night and day and night and day. And it begins to weary us. Number two, they had sought help before. The young man probably did not realize it, but his parents were trying to find help for him. You know, sometimes you feel like, does anybody care that I'm going through this? But the truth is, people do care, and, and there's a solution being sought. There's prayers being uttered. We do care. I told my wife, you know, she was, had to travel out of town. We're trying to finish up meetings uh, from our faith and family, and we're trying to do that. And she had to go out of town to a meeting. And, and, of course, we had the youth rally with the, with the young people that I was involved in. And so I, I told her, I said, please call uh, some of the folks and tell them. It, we're not, it's not that we're not coming to visit them because we don't want to or don't care. It's just uh, we're just not able to. We're just not there. It's just the time is so, so short and so thin. And, and so, but you may be a doctor after doctor where you're seeking help and you're seeking answers and you're seeking a cure, but so far there's nothing coming. And you begin to wonder when. And these people sought help. And that young man, maybe, we don't know how coherent he really was in his mind, but maybe he was locked inside there like a person in a coma. They said that you, you know, often you know, in a coma that they can hear what you're saying. Maybe he was sort of locked inside of his own mind. And, and he began to wonder, does anybody care? Those nights and days where he's in torment and torture, does anybody care? But they did. All along they did. He's, and so... And he said, And whithersoever he taketh them, he teareth them, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. So the, the parents are seeking the help. Number three, whatever happened to the boy was, an, was a recurring event. And again, I say the illness is ongoing. There seems to be no insight. Number four, whatever was controlling the boy kept him from enjoying a normal life. Whatever was going on, he couldn't be normal. And that's where some of us uh, feel right now. And I'll be honest with you, I, I see my daughter. They're, they're expecting their seventh child and, and, uh, and been so active in the ministry. And so, uh, you know, as assistant, he's assistant pastor there. And what he's facing right now after having this heart attack, God has slowed him down. He's made him to lie down in green pastures. And so... It's going to be a difference in their life. It's going to be something they're going to have to deal with and adjust to. And so, and because this thing is not going to heal easily, what he's going to have to go through. And then, this, the, number five, the father was seeking help but was beginning to lose hope. 
the father was seeking help but was beginning to lose hope. And so often we seek that cure and so long we pray, so long we seek the answer. But we're starting to be weary and with weariness always comes doubt. You start to doubt. It's said that weariness makes cowards of us all. And the truth is, weariness really makes you doubt like nothing else. You start to question. Number six, the father wanted to believe that this could be cured for the love of his child. He wanted to believe. He loved his child so much, he wanted to believe. And everyone wants to believe that this illness that so many of our good people are suffering, we want to believe that, you know what, I want to believe it still can be healed. I want to believe that. But you know, eventually, this boy is healed. He is healed. Now, the key to all this that takes place was a man acting on what little faith he had left. He said, Lord, I believe, and I told you this morning that that would be my title, Lord, I believe, but here's really was the key is he said, help thou mine unbelief. You know, someone has to believe, even when it seems hope is almost gone, you must still believe. Believe that one day you can have the life that you desire to have. Believe that one day your family can see the victory. You know, when I was, uh, uh, when we were, um, oh, I guess I was eighth grade, and we, if anybody's ever heard of it, we were, Cordova Grade School was in existence back then. That was a long time ago. But it was a little grade school that had about 25 kids in it, first through eighth grade, and all of my family from, you know, basically the time they got off the ark until, you know, I went there. They all went to school there and went to Cordova Grade School. And, and so, uh, but Cordova Grade School was just so intense about basketball. You started playing basketball the moment you could walk. You just, basketball was everything. Mr. Jones, Mr. Charlie Jones was the basketball coach forever there. And, and we, would, we had this little bit of school, like I said, 25 kids in a class, which meant maybe 12 or 13 boys in each class. But every year we would go to the county championship. Every year it was, you know, you were playing. Uh, my year, I was point guard at uh, the team, of course, because star player. But the, uh, when I'm, well, I'm playing point guard, and, and we are, we are 19 and 1 in, the, in, our, in our eighth grade, that final season. And, and we had this team that we're playing was the worst team in the league. I don't even know if it even exists, but it was St. Dominic. And St. Dominic, they were the worst team in the league, and so we get ready to play them, and, and like you do so often, especially when you're younger, it's just like, we got this. They're the worst team in the league. We're 19-1, and one, and, and so we're going to kill them. And we went out there, and when it, we got to 59 seconds left to go in the game, we were down by 12 points. 59 seconds. But uh, coach, uh, our coach, Mr. Jones, he called time out, and we walked over there, and he looked at us, and he said, fellas, we're going to win. Now, I have to admit, as a, you know, a 12, 13-year-old kid, and I was, you know, this magnificent specimen, 5'4", you know, and I, I'm looking at Mr. Jones, and he said, we're going to win, and I'm looking at the scoreboard thinking, this man's lost his mind, you know, because... In, in, that, in that level, you, if you scored 40 points or 50 points in a whole game, and now he wants us to score 12 points in 59 seconds. Well, we, we stood over there, and he said, we're going to win. He said, we're going to full, full court press, and we're going to put the press on him, and we're going to do it. 
And we went out there, and Keith Gregory, our center, who was 5'11", and uh, Keith went out there, and, man, he was on that inbounds pass. I can still keep, see Keith right now. Man, he's jumping everywhere. He's looking like he's doing jumping jacks. His leg, he's doing that, and he's trying to stop him, and he's, he's trying to keep that inbounds pass, and Keith in, intercepted the inbounds pass, and he took it right back up and put it in. Well, we're just down by... By 10, and we just, I mean, man, it was just everything. Come, we put that full-court press on them, and we were running, there, and I can't even describe it right now. It's in my little book called Just One More Lap. I tell the whole story. You say, was it right what you remembered there? No, probably not, but I told it anyway. <laughs> and so, but the fact is that we did not score 12 points in 59 seconds. We scored 13 points, and we won by one. 13 points in 59 seconds and won that game. And can I tell you, that, that kind of really set something in my life. That until the bell rings, it's not over. It's just not over. And you know what? For a lot of us, we're still breathing right now, so the bell hadn't rung. And so it's not over. So believe that one day your family, your, your loved one can see the victory. God can and will perform miracles today. He can. We've seen them. We've seen them. I told it this morning. We saw our children, uh, with, with one of them, with a, they, at six years old, they, her head was just laid open. The, the, the skull, that cap on the skull was peeled back in that accident. And, and the doctor said the x-ray showed that her neck was broken. And the other one, the, the spinal fluid coming from her nose. And they, they said that, that this was so horrible. And, and all we could do was pray. And all we could do was beg God, but... But within three or four hours, I'm telling you, they came back after the third set of x-rays, pulled us into a room and said, said to us, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hooker, we, we apologize. Somehow we don't understand it, but this third set of x-rays shows that your daughter doesn't have a broken neck. Well, man, it's just, that was incredible that God had healed her. And it's not 15 minutes later, they came back. This time, the nurse wouldn't even look at us. She was just like, I, I don't understand this, but the spinal fluid has stopped. The bone is not protruding into the brain. Uh, it, it's, it's, the x-rays were wrong. I know the x-rays weren't wrong. God can perform a miracle. And we've seen over these last 30-something years of, of serving God, I mean, it God still is in the miracle working business. He's not limited. So I have a next set of numbers. Number one, we must believe that God can, can, and no matter how long it has been without healing, he still can heal. But we must still believe. Number two, Jesus in his word assures us that he can. Jesus said unto them, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. That's pretty conclusive. All things are possible. I don't care what you're going through right now. All things are possible to him that believeth. Three years ago, I lay in the hospital for 27 days. In 22 of those days, they didn't know if I'd live or die. And listen, they'd already they looked at my wife and already told her they'd given, they'd given me the strongest uh, things they could give me, the strongest antibiotics. They had nothing else to give me. Uh, they told my wife it was up to me. No, it wasn't up to me. It was up to God. Now, I understand that they were saying I needed to fight. Well, listen, I mean, if I could have talked, I would have told them, I am fighting. I'm trying. I really, I'll be honest with you. They say, are you ready to die? I must not have been my time because I wasn't ready. 
There wasn't no part of me ready to die at that moment. Now, the truth is, God worked a miracle. When they said they couldn't do anything else, and it's pretty nice, when they can't do anything else, that's when I started getting better. Number three, Jesus desires us to act upon the little faith that we have rather than giving in to the doubt that is always present. Listen, folks, we sometimes think everything's got to be an absolute. I got 100% faith. You're crazy. You do not. Nobody's got 100% faith, not on this planet. We don't have 100% faith. You say, well, what planet do they have? I don't know, but we don't. We don't have 100% faith. What we have to do, though, is we have to act upon the faith that we have. Because we got a choice. We can either act upon our faith or act upon the doubt. Jesus desires to act upon the little faith that we have rather than giving in to the doubt that is always present. In verse 24 says, And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Anybody ever uttered that prayer before? And I guarantee you there's some families right now in here that are still uttering that prayer. I got a feeling that Mrs. Hansen may be right now, and she's always so sweet, but saying she can't come, she feels like she needs to stay with her husband. I'm thinking, do you feel like you need to explain that to me? Of course you need to stay with your husband. Well, Stan's so very ill and so sick, but I guarantee you that sometimes she feels like, Lord, I know you can but I'm doubting whether you will. Number four, Jesus is working even when it appears that things are getting worse. I love these types of verses in the Scripture, but it says, and the, Spirit, uh, and the Spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, he is dead. That's... I don't know, sometimes things are humorous to me. He looked so dead that people said, he's dead. That's amazing to me, you know. Okay, that's pretty dead looking. Pretty dead. So, uh, but, you know, that's got to look like, okay, we asked Jesus for help, and he killed him. I mean, that's really the situation. Jesus, please help me. And Jesus says, okay. He doesn't have a spirit anymore. He's dead. That's got to make you feel really good right now. It's a pretty dark situation. This is a pretty intense situation going on, but can I tell you, when it looks like everything is really going bad, might be right at the moment you're about to see the victory. We prayed for our son-in-law, and, and I'll be honest with you, my, my heart desired I told the Lord last night and I woke up during the night and I got up this morning and prayed again my desire was Lord please just use this to let him know he's got to slow down Luke is is the ultimate servant every every pastor in the nation would want to have Luke Hamilton because he's the guy that not only is willing to do it he's capable of doing it so if it's something got to be put together, Luke can do it. If it's something technology-wise, Luke can do it. If it's in the PA, Luke can do it. If you got to make a video, Luke can do it. 
If you gotta, if you gotta uh, be the principal of the school, Luke can do it. If you gotta build an adult Sunday school class, Luke can do it. And if you gotta, gotta run the, the bus ministry, Luke can do it. And can I tell you, he's doing all of those things and more. He's got six kids and one on the way. And the, and I tell him, Luke, you got to say no. Hello. You got to say no. But his heart is to serve. And he's not, and you say, well, he's, he's really, he's so under pressure. No, you don't understand this kid. He's so mild-mannered. I don't think he even knows there's a corporate ladder to climb. He's just so patient and mild. He's just, that's what he's made to do. And he can do it. But it's just too much. Just too much. And so I said, Lord, please let it be just something where you're finally saying, okay, Luke, you didn't want to slow down, so I will slow you down. And that's exactly what it was. It wasn't clogged arteries. It, it wasn't all his, you know, his cholesterol. All those things are really good. It was, uh, what do they call this? A cracked artery, which that really sounds bad, cracked artery, but somebody explained to me, and we looked it up, and it really is kind of like, it's just stretched, and the artery that stretched that did not rupture, did not explode, and, it, and so it's got to heal on its own and cause stress, just stress. And we men will say, well, I'm not under stress, but you are. When you're going all night and running and going, it's still you're stressing your body. And so to me, it looked very dark last night, but the truth is, Right now, I'm seeing it as a victory to help him do what he needed to do all along. Now, make sure he never gets this, okay? <laughs> I just saw that look in your face. It's like, I already emailed it, right? Number five, when the touch of Christ comes, we will arise whole and healthy and we will know it. And here's, here's my point there is that you're at this point where you feel like it's so dark, it's never going to get better. And right around that corner, you're just about to peek and see the touch of Christ. It's going to be there. He's almost there. I mean, at the moment that child is laying on the ground, the moment everybody's saying he's dead, don't you know that mom and daddy got to think, scared to death, he is dead. And now all hope is gone. But it was just a moment away, the touch of Christ. And you may be just a moment away right now. So don't give up. Just a moment away. Please, don't give up. We're just a moment away. I'm still believing, Brother Cummings. Is they get in there and find out they're all, they, they were totally wrong all along. It's not cancer at all. You say, why? Because i got to have him. Because he brings donuts. <laughs> got to have him. It's right there. Jesus is there so close. 
Number six, all that Christ accomplished, we can accomplish through his plan. This is what's so wonderful. You say, but Jesus is not here to touch them. But he told them, the disciple says, why, why can't we do this? He didn't say you can't. He didn't say because you're not me. He told them. He told them exactly why. He said, this can happen. That's through prayer and fasting. Through prayer and fasting. And that's what we got to do. We've got to be willing to pray and fast. Some of the greatest victories that I've seen in my, my life has been through prayer and fasting. Amen. This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. James chapter 5, verse 13 through 15 says, Is any among you afflicted? He was talking about teenagers. He did. Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be given, forgiven him. You see, these ties into prayer and fasting. I believe it becomes a prayer of faith so often through fasting. Because fasting just does something. It just, why, it just strips you down. And it weakens the flesh. And your trust and your faith in God increases. And God says, when you have come to him in that faith, you can see the answer. What must we do? We must fall down at his feet in our weakness before we can be lifted up in victory. We must believe his word and his promise. And as I said, this is not only about illness. This is every trial that we must face, every addiction that controls and every relationship that is failing. God can still work. And I, I just, I, I believe with all my heart that sometimes we get weary. You know, you're going day after day, and you carry it well, but knowing every day, is this the day that my daddy leaves us? And I know that's, I did that with my, with my mom, and, I, and boy, you try to be strong, and, but it's, it's something that just, it's like every step, it just gets, Wow. And sometimes you just feel so weary in the battle that you're facing, you're fighting. And Brother Cummings and Brother Hanson and Brother Felton, I know what they're doing. They're just, even tonight, right now, it's like they want to be at church. I talk to them all the time. They want to be here, but right now they're just taking another step and and I know in that weariness and that weakness and they're so tired from the treatments and everything that's going on, they, they're just struggling to just keep going. But I, I believe, I have to just keep believing. Just like I believe for this nation, 
that there's hope. I believe for them that if they can just finally see through the door, there's Jesus. And when you're looking at the door, you think, I'm at a wall. There's no hope. And family members, you're thinking, we've prayed and prayed and prayed, and there's nothing. Now remember, he's just inside the door. I don't know, and I know that we all have a physical body. I heard a guy one time say that there's no such thing as burnout. He was a very spiritual man, and he said, I don't believe in burnout. And I said, really? Burnout? You don't believe in it? He said, no. I said, what's death? It's the ultimate burnout. You're pretty wore out then. So I understand that in this body flesh of, uh, of flesh that that's going to come. But even then, if that's God's answer, we still step through the door of eternity and absent from the body, present with the Lord. But I'd like to challenge Calvary Baptist Church, I'd like to challenge us that, to fasting and prayer. We've kind of made up a year's schedule, and, and next January I've got plans, and I can go ahead and tell you about it. It's something that I, I believe in, but I, I like to start off the year not with a resolution, but with fasting corporate fasting. I'd, I'd love for everybody to join me. That to, And I'd, I've done this before with a Sunday school class, a couple hundred people where we just said, we're going to do, I'm going to do a 21-day fast. And I did, and we ended up, my wife and I ended up doing a 40-day fast. But but we told the class, we're going to start out with 21-day fast. If you want to go 21 days, praise the Lord. If you want to go 10 days, wonderful. If you want to go a day, that would be great. If you want to join us for a meal, that would be super. At the end of that 21 days, we had a service, and the entire Sunday school class was about the incredible things that God had done. But right now, we can't. I don't think we got time to wait till January. I think right now we have a need, a very important need, for some very important people, and we need a miracle. We need several miracles. And I don't know what God's going to do. I really don't. But I said this about the very first time I fasted, my mom had cancer. And I'd never fasted over a day or two in my life. And, and I told the Lord, ten days later, she was supposed to have surgery and, for that cancer. And I told the Lord, I said, I'll fast until she has the surgery. Thank God she went ahead and had the surgery or I'd be in a heap of trouble if they canceled it. But, but I, uh, I fasted for 10 days. It was the most amazing thing. They told her there was a growth about the size of a baseball inside of her and they were going to take it out. And when they got inside, the cancer was still there. And it's always puzzled me to this day, but it was about the size, they said, of a thumbnail. I said, Lord, why didn't you take it completely? The only thing I can tell you is that it was his will 
not to, but I think he was trying to encourage me to doing something that needed to be done, to fast and pray. So I don't know what the Lord's going to do, but I, but I told so many people over the years, I'm glad, this is what I'm glad about. I'm glad that I fasted for my mom so I could say honestly in my own heart, Lord, I did what you commanded. I did what you asked. What you do is always good, so it's up to you if you take her. And he chose to, but he gave us five more years together, which was amazing. And I, I'm not asking anybody to do 10 days or 20 days or 30 days. I'm not, I, I'm not sure after what I've been through the past three years that I'm physically ready to do anything like that, but I, but I would challenge us all a meal or two to instead of having that meal, maybe just take some time and pray. For Brother Hanson, for Brother Felton, for Brother Cummings, for Brother Hopper, and for their families. And I hope that that will be an encouragement to them to know that the church is praying and we're fasting. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord, you.